Thanks for joining me at the Lost Cabin somewhere in rural Massachusetts. We're going to take a journey to a phantom town. A town that people are sure exists, but it doesn't really exist, at least not in the way that people think it does. So sit back and enjoy a tale of Chestnut Hill. Welcome to Lost Massachusetts. This episode is entitled, Chestnut Hill Does Not Exist. My whole life I've met people who said they were from Chestnut Hill and I would ask them who the mayor of Chestnut Hill is and they weren't sure. I would ask, where is the headquarters of the Chestnut Hill Police Department or Fire Department? And where is Chestnut Hill City Hall, damn it? If you're used to driving around the area, you might note that your car's GPS magically changes your location to Chestnut Hill when you turn on one corner and then changes back again to something else when you drive through an intersection. I'm sure I will offend some people with this, and I'm sorry, but the mystery needs to be solved. The supposed citizens of Chestnut Hill were told and brought up to believe in the place, but it simply doesn't exist in the context of a city or town, yet it is continuously discussed as if it's its own place. People are certain that Chestnut Hill is real, but it isn't. Where does this delusion come from? What we are actually going to discover shortly is that not only are there three towns that contribute pieces to a supposed Chestnut Hill, there's actually more than one quote-unquote Chestnut Hill within Chestnut Hill. It may be more appropriate to call it Chestnut Hills. Many sources will completely sidestep the controversy by vaguely referring to Chestnut Hill as a suburban village of Boston without explaining that it is not a contiguous community of any kind. This supposed territory is devoid of a central government authority, business district, or specific residential neighborhood. It lacks the basic components that would define a particular place as a single community. Chestnut Hill is famous for a number of institutions, including Boston College, and one of America's oldest golf courses, the ubiquitous Country Club, that hosted the U.S. Open. The problem is that these two institutions are in two completely different cities because Chestnut Hill is not a city. Boston College is in Newton, Mass., and the Country Club is in Brookline, Mass. Yet people insist there is this place that claims both. It gets more complicated because what people call Chestnut Hill also includes portions of another city the West Roxbury section of Boston. Not all of West Roxbury, just pieces of it. And of course, it's not all of Brookline, just part of it, and not all of Newton, just one section. The golf course itself sits right in the middle of all three and separates all the supposed collective neighborhoods of a would-be Cheston Hill from one another. Getting from one particular part of Cheston Hill actually involves circular and convoluted routes. You will go through several traffic rotaries and pass through 
major intersections going from one side of Chestnut Hill to the other. And some routes may take you through a dizzying maze of silent country roads, making you wonder where you really are. Baffling, isn't it? Three cities contribute land to this imaginary town, but how and why? I'll give you some more examples. Pine Manor is in Brookline, but gives its address as 400 Heath Street, Chestnut Hill, Mass. The UPS store in West Roxbury, clearly in West Roxbury, gives its address as 675 VFW Parkway, Chestnut Hill, Mass. I have a number of maps that show Chestnut Hill in different places, and I'll include pictures of these maps in the show notes. I have a street map of Brookline that shows Chestnut Hill exclusively in Newton. I have a map of the Boston suburbs that shows Chestnut Hill in Brookline. I have a highway map of Massachusetts that actually has a little tiny arrow pointing to a very specific spot on the map as Chestnut Hill, and we'll discuss that later. None of these maps define a border of what Chestnut Hill is. They're all pretty specific about where city and town lines are. It might be helpful to consider uh, some of the histories of these three places. West Roxbury is now obviously a neighborhood of Boston. Until 1874, West Roxbury was its own city. In 1851, it split from Roxbury, which was also its own city. If you want to learn a little bit more about Roxbury, you can listen to episode 19 about Forest Hill Cemetery and what the cemetery was in Roxbury before it became a cemetery, and also some of the bizarre and mysterious things that you'll find there today. Both Roxbury and West Roxbury would be annexed by the city of Boston. You may be wondering if West Roxbury was its own city for 23 years, where was the town center and city hall? West Roxbury City Hall is still standing. It is Curtis Hall at 20 South Street in Boston, and is now a community center. To provide more confusion, 20 South Street is in Jamaica Plain. Not digging into that one now. Moving on to Brookline, if you look at a map of Boston, Brookline appears as a random rectangle that was cut out of the city. And that's because it was in 1705. Boston made various attempts over the centuries to annex Brookline like other surrounding towns, all of which failed. The rejection of 1873 was actually a significant and controversial event we will cover another time. Turning to Newton, Newton Mass is famous for its 13 villages, which were independent communities before forming one city. The Chestnut Hill Village was one of these communities. This is what many people think of when they hear the term Chestnut Hill. Given this clear claim to the name, you might think that Newton contributes the most land to the imaginary Chestnut Hill. But most of Chestnut Hill is in Brookline. The city of Newton was formed in 1874, but its villages were settled in the early 17th century. It seems like 1873-1874 was a pivotal year for all three places. One location got absorbed by Boston, and the other two avoided that process. In order to understand what Chestnut Hill is, we will need to look at the years preceding the 1870s and some of the ways in which all of the communities in Massachusetts are defined. Because certainly this idea of Chestnut Hill 
as its own town came from somewhere. But before we go there, some more archaic words. And now archaic words from my double volume set, New Century Dictionary, 1927. Temulent, T-E-M-U-L-E-N-T. Drunken, strong drink, intoxicated, proceeding from the drink. Temulent. To get any zip code numbers you may need, including your own, just call your local post office. So, yes, what you're hearing in the background is the official postal zip code song. It's something that your tax dollars paid for to promote zip codes. The post office does not care about your municipal borders. The post office has its own map of America. It's divided into three major regions and then nine zones. The first digit in your five-digit zip code tells you which zone you are in. We are in a part of the zone zero, which includes all of New England, but also New Jersey and some parts of New York. Very particular pieces like Fisher's Island, which is closer to Rhode Island than it is to the rest of Long Island. Most of the rest of New York has zips that start with one. The next two digits of the zip code are for the sectional center of the zone. Massachusetts sectionals are supposed to be 010 through 027. But again, the post office makes its own map. And for some strange reason, Andover, Mass, has two zip codes that start with 055. Why? They are special zip codes for the Internal Revenue Service. Yes, the IRS has its own zip code scheme. The bottom line is that as far as the post office is concerned, Chestnut Hill is a town of its own that includes parts of Newton, Rookline, and West Roxbury. And it's actually quite large. The question is, why did the post office create this phantom city that carves out pieces of three different cities? Most zip codes are applied to specific towns or neighborhoods. They generally stop at the town line. There are cases in rural communities where one small section of a town is very close to the postal center of a neighboring town and really far away from the post office in its own town, so the zone is extended to serve that section. This does not apply in the case of Chestnut Hill. The sections of West Roxbury and Chestnut Hill are not convenient to the Chestnut Hill Post Office. There are post offices in Jamaica Plain and Roslindale that are much closer. The Chestnut Hill area also includes pieces of neighborhoods in Newton that are not Chestnut Hill. These are pieces from Thompsonville and Oak Hill. 
there must be some logic behind this that only the post office knows but honestly enough about zip codes we can understand that the post office might uh, create a zip code for the sake of convenience but my point is that in the case of chestnut hill that does not seem to explain the situation the post office is following some other metric in designating what chestnut hill is what was the post office doing in 1963 when it created the borders of chestnut hill the story gets stranger still because within chestnut hill 02467 there are two exclaves that belong to zip code 02445 in brookline which is something i've never seen before let me be clear about what i just said within the chestnut hill zip code there are two tiny sections that are part of a neighboring zip code the first exclave inside of chestnut hill is a one block area between elliott ave and white ave no idea why this area that contains about six homes and businesses is excluded from chestnut hill the other exclave is a slightly larger and roughly triangular area the ironic situation is that this exclave is the area that is called the Chestnut Hill Neighborhood Association. So the Chestnut Hill Association is not part of Chestnut Hill as far as the post office is concerned. Okay. I may sound like I'm splitting hairs here and obsessing over zip codes, but there are not many other examples of the post office putting one zip code inside of another zip code however in continuing down this path i found a section of roslindale that is inside of hyde park as far as zip codes are concerned the two blocks between pleasant view and wood ave in uh, 02131 while everything around them is in 02136 there are definitely more postal mysteries in Massachusetts we are going to cover. In particular, there is a place on the North Shore that the post office has decided exists, but the Commonwealth of Massachusetts does not recognize. It's uh, also an extremely tiny postal zone, so, so small that it does not have a discernible border around the postal zone. How does this differ from Chestnut Hill? Well, the Commonwealth lists Chestnut Hill as a place name, even though it's not a distinct community. In a future episode, we will travel to this phantom postal zone. Uh, the federal government is sure exists, but the state of Massachusetts does not seem to know about. Look for this in a future episode called The Lost Post Office. So, while we're talking about communications, I'm going to step out of our tale to read some messages from our listeners. Hello, Lost Masters. There's a bunch of great listeners out there, and uh, you should be acknowledged for all of your good deeds. On Instagram, H.M. Polly says, I love it, and I'm not from Mass. Amanda says, um, I'm already a fan of the show. It's a lot of fun. Thanks. We've got a bunch of new people who are getting Lost Mass postcards, including Cheryl and Susan. Welcome. 
uh, going back to our Halloween episode, the bird lady, we had asked a question at the end of the podcast. Would you go on the porch of a true haunted house? And Selesna Gulam said, yes, brave soul. And in reference to that episode about haunted houses specifically, one haunted house called the Bird Lady's House, we got a message from somebody with direct knowledge. This is from Jeff. Uh, I heard you were discussing the house, a house I would pass frequently because my friend Mark and others live nearby. I heard some lore about that house that wasn't covered, so I suppose neither of you had heard what I did. It doesn't exactly square with all of the bird elements and her burying birds, but I definitely preferred referred to her as the bird lady. I think it was because there was just so much growth around the house, it brought birds to mind. So who knows what is true? What I heard was that she lived there with her husband in a well-kept home, but one day her husband went outside into the front yard and began to have a heart attack. As he struggled, he made his way around to the backyard where he eventually succumbed. And as the story goes, that I heard anyway, she was so grief-stricken she refused to go outside from that day forward, and thus the shrubs and grass continued to grow for years unfettered, as did the vines that consumed any visible part of the outside of her house. It's funny that you mentioned going by at night and it being a dark void in between all the other lit-up houses and that it was a wild part of it. I drove by that void on many a night, and yes, I've seen it all remodeled and gussied up, but I'm sure she's still in there. I hope for whoever lives there now, she's not still there. Look for more creepy stories as we get closer to Halloween. This is a true story, uh, not connected to the episode, but worth telling. Last week, I was at a baseball game in Walpole, Mass. While the players were warming up, we were standing around and talking, and then out of nowhere, a chicken walked up to me and started clucking. It looked directly at me. Obviously, chickens do not belong on ball fields. So I called the business line of the Walpole Police Department and I said, Listen, this is a weird one. I am at Burt Field and there is a chicken here. When the dispatcher was done laughing, he said he would send over the animal control unit. My main concerns were that it wandered away from somebody's coop or from the agricultural school in Walpole and that it would get eaten by a coyote, run over by a car, or hit by a wild pitch. So, while I waited with the chicken, eventually the animal control officer showed up, put the chicken in a net, put it in the back of the truck, thanked me, and then drove away. But no good deed goes unpunished. Some of the kids at the field were not happy with me because they liked to chase the chicken. Apparently it had been there for a month or so. Here I am, a hero to a chicken, 
and a villain to some children who loved it. Hopefully the chicken has found a good home and isn't in a pot at the police station. In other news, if you're in the area, head over to the Crescent Ridge Dairy for Ice Cream in Sharon. The posted hours say 8 p.m. closing. Don't believe it. There was still a line at 10 p.m. Don't order a large. The small at Crescent Ridge is as big as your head. Enjoy. As I said, my general complaint in discussions of Chestnut Hill is that it is simply written off as a, quote, historic suburban village of Boston without explaining how it came to be in three cities or why it never was a real town but continues to be treated as if it was and is a distinct town. The true history is, as always is the case, too complex to put on a historical marker. So let's start with Newton. Newton Mass's western border is generally defined by the winding flow of the Charles River. The eastern border is made up of very specific straight lines. The lines separating Newton from Brookline and West Roxbury have mostly been in place since the 17th century. When you look at old maps of Newton, there's one term you won't see. Chestnut Hill. All the other common village names appear frequently. Thompsonville, Oak Hill, Newton Corner, etc. But not Chestnut Hill. That is a late addition. There are two things you can see today that help solidify Chestnut Hill as a name place. The Chestnut Hill train station and the Chestnut Hill post office. Oh no, here he goes with the post office again. Uh, it's a big piece of the puzzle. Early railroads were intricately connected to different communication mediums. Mail would be loaded on and off at train stations, and this is one of the few places you can still see an active post office with an active train station right next to each other. At the time, the only telephone was at the train station. Post offices and railroad stations made or broke many American towns. They would either be built to serve a community or a community grew around access to them. Some towns have been completely ruined when a train stopped coming through or a post office closed. Other towns have been completely destroyed when train tracks were laid, a topic for another episode. The railroad in this case was once part of an interstate system that went all the way to Albany, New York. It is now known as the D branch of the Green Line Subway Streetcar System. The MBTA route that passes through Chestnut Hill Station still uses the track bed of the old interstate system. Before the interstate railway, it was a local railroad called the Charles River Branch, and what became Chestnut Hill Station was called Hammond Station at the time. The Hammond family was one of the earlier owners of the land, and their name still exists in lots of places. So, forget the neighborhood, Chestnut Hill, and address any actual hill or hills called Chestnut Hill, and where are they? One such hill is the one that can be seen across Beacon Street from the Chestnut Hill Reservoir. That hill is completely on the Newton side, but that wasn't always the name. 
older maps have it as Cambridge Hill and then Lees Hill, which is where our story really begins. You see, before it was Chestnut Hill, Lees Hill was named for the Lee family. The entire area was purchased by a retired sea captain named Joseph Lee in 1822, who wanted to develop it into a community, but everyone he asked about it thought it was too remote, rural, and inaccessible. His nephew and heir, Francis Lee, built the first house in what is now Cheston Hill. This personal property extended between Brookline and Newton, and it was 163 acres of farmland that he inherited in 1845. Lee's plan was to develop Chestnut Hill into the community of his uncle's dream by selling off chunks of the property to family and friends. They cleared the land of, well, chestnut trees and used it as lumber for some of the houses in the area. They planned uh, many of the current roads of the area connecting Chestnut Hill to other communities. You'll note as you drive around the area uh, one of the defining border roads of Chestnut Hill is, of course, Chestnut Hill Ave, but the street name changes to Lee Street when you cross Route 9. So question, how did part of Chestnut Hill end up in West Roxbury? Well, a big chunk of Newton was transferred to Roxbury in 1837. While the Lees owned the land, the governments changed the border on their own schedule. So those West Roxbury portions of Chestnut Hill north of VFW Parkway and adjacent to Brook Farm were originally part of Newton. The old Newton border went almost to Spring Street in West Roxbury and was continuous to Brookline's border. We mentioned the train station and post office, which literally put the Chestnut Hill name on the map, uh, but the train station and post office are not culture. What was the cultural center of the fledgling community? Well, that would be the Chestnut Hill Chapel built in 1861, which was at Hammond Street and Suffolk Street, built by the Lee family to serve the growing community. Colonel Francis Lee served with distinction in the Civil War. Following that conflict, Boston began eating up all of the independent communities around it aggressively. Between Boston's ambitions and the suburbs' fight to preserve their independence, any dreams of a distinct city of Chestnut Hill faded. So there you have it. Chestnut Hill is a city that never came to be. It was intended to be a town, but circumstances kept that from happening. While the residents passionately held on to a sense of identity that was tied to extensive family relations in the community and linked to the church that was built by the family. So now we know what defined Chestnut Hill as a community and where it came from. This still does not explain why nearly 150 years after Brookline, Boston, and Newton drew hard borders, the post office continues to treat Chestnut Hill as its own town. Hang on uh, after the commercial and we will draw a final map of Chestnut Hill and try and answer that mystery. So we're cobbling together uh, several different maps to visualize what is or what was or what could have been Chestnut Hill. There are some items we need to consider but also pass over as a comprehensive guide 
to Chestnut Hill. The first item to reject is a map provided by the city of Newton that pinpoints the center of each of its villages at a particular intersection. These are typically modern business shopping districts of each village. In the case of Chestnut Hill, it is the intersection of Beacon Street and Hammond Street. If you're familiar with that area, this is where Boston College is, not exactly a neighborhood center. Their designation misses the mark. I have a Boston Street map that points to a very specific spot as the center of Chestnut Hill. That spot is the location of the Chestnut Hill Mall. This may be the center of the universe for many people, but not the historic center of Chestnut Hill. The Massachusetts Highway map is one of the few maps that identifies the correct center of Chestnut Hill, and that is the location of the Chestnut Hill Chapel on Hammond Street, which was the central meeting house for the community. There are three Chestnut Hill historic districts, one in Newton, one in Brookline, and one in Boston. This actually throws another point of confusion at Chestnut Hill since the Boston Historic District is around the Chestnut Hill Reservoir, which is in Brighton, not West Roxbury, which now puts Chestnut Hill into four places, not three. To add even more confusion, this part of Boston was once part of Cambridge. The Brookline Historic District is a series of quiet, shady streets that represent more the residential portion of Chestnut Hill that features a lot of the historic architecture. The designation of the Chestnut Hill Neighborhood Association includes the space between Hammond, Middlesex Road, and Reservoir Road on the other side of Route 9. This encompasses both the Newton Old Historic District and the Brookline Chestnut Hill Historic District. But again, this isn't all of it. The Newton side of the Historic District is where the train station and post office are. Chestnut Hill also includes the Putterham section of Brookline, which may surprise people who live there. This portion is right next to the West Roxbury line. My point is that uh, none of these recognize the claims of a greater Chestnut Hill map, which only the post office seems to acknowledge. And why is still a mystery I'm digging into. Sorry to disappoint. Hopefully, I will have an update in a future episode, but we are getting closer and closer to understanding why Chestnut Hill is still on the map. Maybe you thought before you knew what Chestnut Hill was, and now you have a better idea. Maybe before you thought you lived somewhere else, but now you realize you actually live in Chestnut Hill and never knew it. If you ever want to know where you really are, just look at the outside of the envelope. Thanks for joining us on this journey into the mysterious past of Massachusetts. Next time, we're going to try and track a phantom people. A people that some believe lived here and others don't. It's still a matter of controversy. Until then, this is Garth at the Lost Cabin saying, 
It's always 1855, somewhere. Hey, if you like the show for some reason, there are lots of ways you can join the fun or get a hold of us. You can message Lost Mass through the podcast apps on Anchor. There's a voice option. Or you can go to lostmassachusetts.com and subscribe to our blog or use the various methods there to contact us. If you go to lostmassachusetts.com, you can also sign up to get a postcard from a lost place and find out where to send us a lost postcard too. Also go to Lost Massachusetts at uh, Instagram for photos and other details. We will do our best to respond to comments uh, directly uh, as well as within the show. You might hear um, your own comment. That's fun. <laughs>